Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast presented by the Whole Nine Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Hernish. You can find me on Twitter at MikeSpencerWNS. Joined, as always, by Devin the Verified Jackson. You can find him on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. And uh, Devin, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing pretty good. Happy New Year to everybody. Officially. Happy New Year. Uh, we recorded last in 2019. So now we're in 2020. Uh, got a bunch of draft declarations that have been kind of hitting us over the head the last five or six days or so. Um, you know, got big news today, especially even though we're, you know, the Big Shots podcast covering the Big Ten had Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He declared that was like the biggest domino we were waiting to happen, you know, considering all these juniors are we're coming back to school, going back to school. Uh, he decides to move on. But you know, that's not the only declaration. Of course, we'll get into that here in a, a few moments. But uh, it's been it's been quite the new year so far. Uh, NFL playoffs in full swing. Uh, not going to talk you much about that. You and I both spent that. a lot of time yesterday <laughs> crying and drinking. Uh, uh, recording this on Monday. Uh, last night, uh, Devin's um, New Orleans Saints got eliminated in overtime by the Minnesota Vikings, who then proceeded to have um, Stephon Diggs do... The, the chop style uh, right into Sean Payton's face, which, um, okay, I mean, you do you. Um, and then for the the nightcap, I just so happened to watch the entire game. Now, I was watching a Netflix documentary and the game was recording, so I had my phone turned off during the game. Uh, so when Devin messaged me, he goes, why the hell are you only reacting to the Eagles game now? It's been over for two and a half hours. That is why. Um... Yeah. Of course, Carson Wentz gets injured. Of course, the Eagles can't do anything other than score field goals. I mean, they shouldn't have been there in the first place, considering I'm pretty sure one of my cats was actually on the active roster as a wide receiver because everyone was hurt. Uh, but it was just kind of a sad day for the big shots yesterday. We weren't exactly feeling very big shoddy. Uh, instead, we got to sit through, like, Kirk Cousins and... Some more just bad quarterbacks, you know, playing. But you know, hopefully, hopefully, like Garoppolo and or and like Mahomes or Garoppolo and um, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. even even Russell Wilson. I'm not. I am by no means shitting on Russell Wilson. I think he's fantastic. Uh, But just, oi, yeah, yeah. But the good news was on Saturday, I had a, a a nice staff party. We played video games. Played a nice game of Cards Against Humanity, which, you know, you'll never be able to look at some of your coworkers the same <laughs> was said. It was amazing. Um, yeah, it was just a really fun night. Uh, I think I ended up leaving, you know, the, the work event like 1.30 in the morning, which was amazing. Kind of nice uh, to do that. But that's not why we're here. Let's get into this news as, you know, this is going to be pretty much entirely draft news right now. Uh, there's no more coaching uh, news to go on to go on about pretty much right in the the meat and potatoes is by the way uh, we're a week and a half out from being in Mobile Alabama for the fucking Senior Bowl that's gonna be amazing part of my language for the fuck but uh, yeah <laughs> we are a week and a half out I land on the 18th uh, I believe Devin you're coming out on the 19th right yes sir yeah and then uh, we're still kind of working out exactly what we're gonna do 
recording, you might get multiple episodes from us that week. One before the practices start, one after. Uh, you know, it's all wrapped up. We'll we're we'll figure everything out. We may have some crossover episodes. We'll figure it all out. Let's get into some of these draft declarations in the draft news. Uh, Ohio State Chase Young declares. This was by no means a shock to anyone. He's my number one overall player. I know he's Josh Bird's number one overall player. Devin, is he your number one overall player? Absolutely. Yeah, this was this was by no means a shock. Sorry, TMZ. Um, you tried. It was the most clickbaity headline TMZ could have thought of. And I mean, I don't expect you know much more from well TMZ, but. Jeff Okuda declared, again, not much of a surprise. I've comped him to Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he is obviously uh, number one corner for me. He's my number four overall player on my big board, uh, so I'd be very shocked if he had gone back. J.K. Dobbins declared, again, really hot uh, end of the season for him. He's RB1, a sentence I would have never thought I'd be saying back in August when I had him as running back eight. Adam has running back eight behind names like Zach Moss, Najee Harris. I believe he was behind Eno Benjamin at one point. By the way, those guys I just mentioned are running backs eight, six, and 12, respectively. Uh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins is the best running back in this class. I don't care. Jonathan Taylor worries me more on him in a second uh, due to the number of carries. DeAndre Swift has had a bad season. J.K. Dobbins just, he's, he's a beast. Uh... Doug Martin vibes a little bit, kind of Mark. Doug Martin meets Mark Ingram is what my comp is for him. I kind of like that. Um, definitely think that he's probably going to be the running back to go in round one this year. Uh, but in terms of Ohio State guys, they didn't all declare. Sean Wade, the uh, corner, he decided to go back. That one surprised me a little bit because he was my third ranked corner uh, and ranked. I believe 25th overall on my board, but this is probably a play for next year where it's a little bit of a weaker corner class, it looks like, and he can come out and be probably cornerback one. Uh, Thayer Munford, the left tackle, he went back to school, which is good because he was terrible this year, and I would have been shocked if he actually declared. He was possibly the worst offensive lineman on that unit, and that Ohio State offensive line was not that great this year. Yeah, uh, pretty much everything you said, uh, I, I agree with. J.K. Dobbins has done a complete 180 uh, just in, you know, changing the minds of, of people wanting to draft him. Um, he's so elusive in open field, makes people miss, can catch out of the backfield despite him dropping the pass in the, the uh, semifinal game against Clemson in the end zone. Uh, and he just doesn't have the fumbling issue that, we see with Jonathan Taylor. Um, he protects the football. Uh, he's solid in pass protection. You've seen him kind of really refine his game this season. So that's exciting to see. He's definitely RB1, uh, to my opinion. I think a lot of people had Jonathan Taylor for the longest RB1, but uh, you can't overlook not only the usage he's had in his uh, three years at Wisconsin, uh, but you also got to look at uh, just the, the fumbling issues. But like you said, we'll get more into that next. Um, and then Sean Wade coming back. You know, I think part of the reason is such a, a loaded uh, corner class. And he has a chance to be uh, CB1 next year. Um, he'll have full responsibility with Akuda and Arnett both gone. Uh, we'll see him as the... 
feature outside corner next season. So it should be interesting to see what he does to kind of prove himself. He uh, usually goes against, you know, this season when it gets like the second and third corner uh, for respective teams. So it should be interesting to see how, you know, he matches up. And I, I would agree with Dyer Mumford. Uh, definitely want to see some improvement from him. Uh, definitely had issues this season uh, blocking. So we, we'll see uh, kind of, you know, how that shapes up. But Ohio State is, uh, looks like they're, they're still in pretty good shape uh, despite losing uh, some of those big names. One player that I forgot to mention is Baron Browning, the linebacker for Ohio State. He's also heading back to school. Not really much of a surprise. I believe Ohio State's uh, three uh, linebackers that were already there, which are Wilson, Tuff Borland, and Pete Warner, they're all seniors. Baron Browning can be the anchor of that uh, second level uh, next year. Not really much of a surprise. Not really much of an athlete. He'll have to uh, kind of be a little bit like that Malik Harrison-type linebacker next year. But again, like you said, that team is looking in very good shape heading into 2020. Um, I did uh, a Power Rankings article, which uh, I'm not sure by now whether or not it'll be up on uh, whole nine sports, but um, I did kind of do like a now that bowl season for the conference is completely wrapped up and the early signing day has happened and everything where every team stands and Ohio State was obviously still at number one. So uh, let's move on some more declarations. Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one uh, declares there was no way he was going to return. He's had almost a thousand touches. Uh, through just three seasons. Uh, one of the NCAA's all-time leading rushers. Um, RB3 for me, again, like you said, he's got fumbling issues. 900 carries for sure is, is an issue, but 18 fumbles. And when you look at it, like, yeah, 18 carry, sorry, eighteen fumbles in 900 carries or 900 touches is a lot, but that's still 18 fumbles in three years. That's not very good. There are guys at the NFL that have been there for six, seven, eight years that have not fumbled 18 times uh, on that. But, you know, I think he's going to be great fine for someone in kind of that mid, you know, second round type that like top 40, 50 picks. I think that's kind of where he's going to you know, come off the board. Uh, Quintez Cephas, who had a great game uh, in the Rose Bowl, he declared, haven't really dug too, too much into his film. What I've been reading, a lot of people think he's kind of that midday three type player. So, you know, um, we'll have to see with him. Hopefully a good uh, combine or whatever is able to boost. A minute ago, uh, Devin, we had uh, the talk with J.K. Dobbins, and now we're talking about J uh, Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back, he declared as well 900 touches uh, throughout the career. Uh, one of the NCAA's all-time leading rushers. 2,000-yard seasons, if I'm not mistaken, or at least two. Uh, this kid was a beast. Unfortunately, 18 fumbles in his career as well. So, I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons I think that he's kind of RB3 going to be picked probably top 40 top 50 uh his teammate Quintez Cephas the wide receiver had a great game in the bowl game uh declared after that I've been reading a lot that people see him as kind of that like midday three guy I haven't really done much of a, a tape dig myself on him so we'll have to see about that uh, Michigan Cesar Ruiz, the interior offensive lineman, you and I are both big fans of him. He declares. Matt Miller, I believe today, says he'll probably go in the top 100. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who a lot of people are split on. Um, 
he declared as well. Uh, I made a comment that uh, this is going to be the first time once he gets to the NFL, he'll have a real quarterback throw. Clemson sucks. Um, yeah, you and I are a lot lower on him than some. I know our guy Matt Miller is, uh, I believe, has him in the top 50. I have him closer in like the seven range. I'm not sure where you stand on Peoples Jones, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like uh, I've been seeing, he has like all the traits to be a really good receiver. And, uh, you know, he has the height and, you know, skill. But I just don't see when I watch this film, I just don't see it. Now, like I know, like you just said, that Shea Patterson was a quarterback. So he really didn't make many of his receivers look that great. Um, and just based on their offensive scheme, it's just, it's just not uh, conducive to have to be like a big time receiver coming out of Michigan. Uh, it's just not is what it is. But um, I don't know. I just didn't see like a whole bunch from him that made me think like he's one of the premier receivers in this class. Uh, but I know, you know, drafting players isn't just based off of production. You know, it's also based off their traits, um, you know, the skill level. Um, IQ, football IQ, but he, he just didn't flash on tape. And, you know, the, the craziest stat to me, like I said, the stats shouldn't be the number one thing, but for him not to have a single 100-yard game in his uh, Michigan career is just a head-scratcher, you know. Um, you know, we see Nico Collins be able to accomplish that mark, and uh, I believe Ronnie Bell has as well. It's just It's just a weird stat. And I don't know, it, it just, it's been kind of a disappointing season from him, in my opinion. Uh, I think we both were kind of high on him coming into the season, uh, really high on this entire uh, receiving class um, for Michigan. And, you know, they had, they had a lot of skill, a lot of po- uh, potential, a lot of possibility. But again, it does come down to Shea Patterson, but uh, DPJ, I'm, I'm just not too sure about him. Uh, yeah. I would say, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I also see him more like towards the bottom half of the top 100. Yeah, I've got um, him at 85. And that's just kind of, kind of based off just the lack of what I've seen from him, like on field. Because uh, they they also say you know trust the film. You know we see a lot of people you know especially with DK Metcalf and his you know. Why God. must you mention that name? Why must you mention that name? <laughs> Why must you do this to me, Devin? Listen, I had to I had to bring him up because he's a prime example of people not trusting the film but trusting a three cone shuttle uh time. So I just had yeah. I just had to throw that in there. But yeah, like and when you say about Caesar Ruiz, uh he's one of my favorite linemen to watch, uh really in this draft. You know, it's athleticism, his ability to get to the second level. Um, he's just super athletic uh, for a big center out of Michigan. And, you know, a lot of talk was like John Runyon Jr. and uh, Ben Bredesen. Um, but Ruiz was a big part of, you know, establishing a dominant run game, especially the Notre Dame game. Uh, that's probably by far one of my favorite games to watch from him. Uh, this season, he completely dominated uh, Notre Dame's front seven. But th- those two guys, uh, I could definitely could have definitely seen them uh, declaring. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just not sold on uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. 
Yeah, uh, Nico Collins, the other wide receiver, stays. So, I mean, Michigan's going to be a little bit different next year because Donovan Peoples-Jones is gone. Tariq Black is in the transfer po- uh, portal. But they do get Nico Collins, and they do have uh, running back on. Uh, KJ Hamler declares, neither of us were really surprised. And Devin, we have, I guess, sort of breaking news because since we started recording, Lamar Jackson, no, not the one that's playing for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, the other Lamar Jackson, the corner from Nebraska, has accepted his invite to the Senior Bowl, so we get another guy down there in Mobile that we get to watch. I am a big fan of his upside. I think that you're going to be able to get him kind of in that... um, late day two early day three range yeah he's my 12th ranked corner but i really like this corner class he comes in on my big board right now looking at it at 115 um that's really really solid that's a good get that's a uh, good opportunity for lamar jackson let's go he he is one of my guys uh, I love watching him play in Nebraska he was like one of the few bright spots spots in Nebraska this season um long rangy corner uh we talk about this every week you know uh the the senior bowl one-on-ones is going to be insane oh yeah Uh, imagine you know now lamar jackson he's going against uh some of those talented receivers that will be at the senior bowl i i really can't wait now uh I'm, i'm glad that some of these names are starting to roll in um you know right around this time i think this is going to be great uh and you know the addition of lamar jackson you know continues to show the the versatility that um it has you know especially in a big 10 with us covering a big 10 uh him going against like michael Pittman jr denzel mims uh him versus colin johnson is going to be insane oh i want that so badly because um, I had to pull up the list, uh, Courtney Davis versus him. I mean, my goodness, this it's gonna be you know football heaven watching. Oh, definitely. Uh, so to hear, I that, think Brian Edwards from South Carolina is gonna be down there too. So that's gonna be another hopeful matchup as well. Like, man, it's just insane. Yeah. So hearing Such that, a that good class. Hearing that makes makes me uh, happy for sure because. We both saw him. We've seen his tape, uh, and he has been stuck on a, a really team that's trying to change the culture. But I think, you know, him, he's going to be a, a solid, I think, a solid third-round get for a team, third or fourth-round get uh, for sure. Someone that can to come in, um, you know, he. He has some issues to begin his Nebraska career, but he's definitely turned it around and really turned the uh, the perception of him around. Um, so I'm really happy for him. Yeah, definitely. So uh, now that we've gotten the news, we've gotten the intro out of the way, uh, this is just a really quick episode. We are finishing off with the review. Oh, Devin, by the way, what who did I say was going to win our head-to-head pick competition last week? You did. And, and who ended up winning? Listen. Well, I, actually, if we're being honest, neither because I won despite going four and five. So, I mean, we both can't pick games in the conference for shit. Despite watching the conference on a week-to-week basis, we still managed to drop the ball that much. Literally, neither of us finished with a winning record. Yeah, it, it was completely <laughs> uh, and utterly embarrassing. 
just the amount of games we got wrong. Because, like, man, I did not see Minnesota doing what they did. Um, I did not see Illinois, like, pooping the bed. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Should we start with Cal and Illinois? Because technically this game happened uh, the day we recorded our last episode. So our last episode came out. And this game had happened, but by the time we recorded it hadn't. Uh, so my birthday present was watching Cal and Illinois play in a very boring Red Box Bowl. 35-20, to 20, but it was really uneventful. Both teams just beat to crap with injuries. And Illinois finishes on a three-game losing streak because, of course. Absolutely. Of course. Of course something like that will happen. I mean, my Remember goodness. when we thought this team was going to be good? Man. Or, like, at least decent. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, their momentum sucks. They're probably, this is probably a one-off thing for, like, one-off year for them. Like, they may just not make a bowl game next year. Like, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Yeah, I, I just don't understand, man. Um, they, that North, that loss against Northwestern really killed them. That's all I can say, really. That really just, like, took the sale out of the season uh, and just pretty much ruined it because they, they were they were really, you know, on a huge momentum swing. You're thinking maybe this is a, a two-, three-year stretch where they're, you know, improving, improving, improving. But, man, they their quarterback play is so dismal. Like, man, we thought, we thought Rutgers or Northwestern was bad at quarterback. We just been – really ignoring Illinois <laughs> because they also were true <laughs> uh, next game I got on tap here was Minnesota and Auburn um, 31 to 24 for Minnesota both of us picked Auburn by the way I picked Cal Devin picked Illinois uh, we both picked uh, Auburn we are both wrong because we had no idea that Minnesota's offensive lines could be able to neutralize the best players off of Auburn because Derek Brown did not make much of an impact in this game it was very surprising the people that we thought were going to dominate the game did not. Uh, Tyler Johnson had the highlight reel one-handed catch that was played uh, on pretty much uh, loop in the entire day. Um, and really, I, I, wanna, I don't know who, the, who it was. Was it Matt Miller? There was somebody who had an opinion on Tyler Johnson. And he was just getting absolutely... Oh, it was our boy, Matt. It was Matt. He was getting absolutely hammered by Minnesota fans because he doesn't have him in, what, the first round or I think even the second round, maybe. Um, but he's just not high on Tyler Johnson, and they're, like, upset. Um, I, don't know if it was, I don't know if he was saying that, like, GM, GMs aren't just high on him or just based off the fact that he didn't get, like, a senior bowl invite. Uh, that he's playing, like, in a Shrine game. Uh, but it's been uh, uh, quite the Twitter beef between Matt Miller and Minnesota fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, he he did play well, and I'm, I'm shocked. But, yeah, we I said that one of the running backs needed to step up. And it was Muhammad Ibrahim who had a pretty yes, decent sir. game. That is your guy. That is my guy. He's saying... You know, that uh, Stevie Scott is RB1 for next year. I think Muhammad Ibrahim is probably going to be his closest competition in terms of RB1. Let's be honest. 
I, I couldn't disagree. It's just so crazy because, like, he was the third running back on a depth chart. And then, like, you see him run. It's like, how is he not playing more? But how do you get carries for three guys that can all play, like, at a, a Very pretty good high question. level? You know, that's that's what Penn State did for majority of the year. He played a bunch of guys. Um, so it, it's just hard to give everybody their touches, plus keeping a balanced attack. you got – Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson on the outside. You want to give them touches because they, you know, you know they are who they are. You know. All right, Devin. Moving on to the next game. This one was uh, well not interesting in the slightest. We didn't have a lot of interest going into it, and they proved us right. Alabama at Michigan. We both picked Alabama. It really did not matter who was playing under center. Didn't matter who was playing for Alabama. It just, yeah, Michigan never really stood much of a chance. They got steamrolled. I think the less said about this game is the better. Yeah, listen. uh, You knew Michigan was going to lose. The first play of the game for Alabama is an 85-yard bomb. Like, (laughs) dude, like, (laughs) the one thing, the one the one thing you can't allow, this is the one thing I put in, like, my preview article. Do not allow big plays. First play of the game, 85-yard bomb to Jerry Judy. I'm like, my God. And then Alabama couldn't get in the rhythm the rest of the first half. And then second half, they came out, you know, pretty much just ran Najee Harris. And he ran over Michigan's defense, which I expected. Um, and, you know, more big plays ensued in the second half. Uh, yeah, you know, Michigan secondary is a suspect, um, and it's been most of the season. I said that was their weakness of a pretty solid defense. They have a pretty solid front seven. Um, but I also want to talk about like somebody that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know your opinion on him, but, uh, Kalik Hudson has been interesting, an interesting prospect to say the least. Like, I just don't know how to feel about him because, like, he does a little bit of everything for them. You know, plays, he, he comes off the edge at times, plays linebacker, matches up in the slot. And I just haven't seen a lot from him this year. And that was also somebody I was kind of expecting to kind of pop on film, you know, kind of a, a versatile guy. But he's just kind of just pretty much been... I want to say swept under the rug, but he's just been kind of in the shadows, I would say. What I'll say is that I don't think he's big enough to play linebacker, and I don't think he's athletic enough to play in the secondary. I think he just kind of screams he's just going to be a career special teams type guy. I just, I don't really see it with him. Like I said, he doesn't. You know, he's, he's kind of stiff, you know, in, in his movements. And he's small because he's a former defensive back playing linebacker. And he never put on the size. So we'll have to see whether it's uh, different testing, whether it's the combine, whether or not he's even got an NFL future. He might be the type of guy to be playing up here in Canada soon. Yeah, I, I just don't know, man. He, they, you know, he's been important to their defense, but it, he just doesn't, he does a lot of things, but he doesn't do one thing well, if that makes sense. So he's like a jack of all trades, but it's not like there's one thing that really in particular stands out. Exactly. Moving on to, well, the game that decided our our, our little bet. 
Oregon and Wisconsin, and I'll tell you what, I was at work on New Year's Day, and I was getting score updates, and I was sweating most of the game, because Oregon was trailing most of the game, and I thought, God damn it, I am going to have to buy Devin lunch down in Mobile, and he will never let me hear the end of it. But then Oregon came through in the clutch, got the fourth quarter win, and Devin, you now owe me a sandwich. Um... You, you buy in lunch down in Mobile, which is the greatest news to come out of this game. Um, you know, good, like I said earlier, great game from Quintez Cephas. Uh, surprisingly under 100 yards in what was his final game. Disappointed that Wisconsin's last win was against Minnesota uh, like a month and a half ago. Um, but it was a very entertaining uh, Rose Bowl game, which given that a lot of the Big Ten's bowl games this year, other than... Really, the Fiesta Bowl and the Outback Bowl were kind of bland and boring. Uh, it was a nice touch. But yeah. yeah, Wisconsin blows it. Wisconsin blows it. Oh, man. I was watching that game in agony. I was like, all right, Wisconsin had the ball. They're up, what, 20, 27 to 21, and I think they fumbled. Uh, or something happened. I think Yeah, I think they fumbled. Um, I was devastated. And then next play, Justin Herbert runs in the touchdown. I'm like, my God. And then on, on, on a third and 10, they complete the pass, but they, then they call offensive pass interference. And then it's like third and 23, and it, they threw a deep pass that had no chance, and then they punted and never got the ball back. Um, and, and they had like a drop punt. I was just like, oh, my God. It's like every time Wisconsin was about to take over the game, something bad happened, and then here comes Oregon, you know. I was just devastated. I was like, of course the game that it comes down to is the game that Wisconsin decides to blow it, you know. <laughs> they they had they pretty much controlled the game. It was just like, wow, you know. They just pretty much gave the game to Oregon. And Herbert didn't have a great game passing a ball, but, you know, he, he kind of rallied the troops, you know, had a couple rushing touchdowns um, and, you know, helped them, you know, seal the win. So, you know, a, a nice way to send them off to the NFL. But Jonathan Taylor had a solid game, you know. Cephas, you know, he's a big play guy. Um, I, that, this is kind of how Wisconsin's offense is built. You know, they, they throw it to him on, like, deep outs and, you know, comebacks and pretty much go passes and posts and whatnot. So it should be interesting to see how, um, you know, he runs the pretty much the route tree because he, he wasn't exposed to everything um, at Wisconsin just based on their type of offense. But just devastating to, to see Wisconsin just blow the game like that. All right, we're going to end it on this one again. Yeah, going at uh, Indiana, man. Their kicking woes continue, and they gave up uh, 14 points in the span of about a minute and a half. And that was just a really ugly end to that game. I felt so bad for the Hoosiers players. They deserve better. Um, kind of a, a demoralizing loss. Yeah, it, it was, you know, a game they've controlled the entire game pretty much. Uh, they took control. Looks like they were at times they were about to blow the game open. I even messaged you and said Indiana's about to blow this game open, and then they didn't. And then they let Tennessee hang around, and much like Tennessee season has gone, they stuck with it, hung around, and then pulled out a victory in the end. 
Um, and man, it, it was a it was a tough blow to Indiana. It really that was gonna be like their first nine win season since like the eighties, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it would have been their first bowl win since nineteen ninety one. Yeah, it, it was, that's a that's a gut puncher for sure. Uh, a game they pretty much had similar to Wisconsin, uh, just really just fumbled the game in the in the waning moments. Um, so you, you got to feel for Indiana, but they're they're in good shape. Their program's in good shape. They'll be all right. Oh yeah, I mean they have so many players uh, coming back next year that are going to be just true ranging type players. Uh, and including some guys I really hope that we're able to talk to over the course of the summer and the offseason. But, uh, Devin, that's going to do it for today. Uh, as always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at MikeSpencerWNS. You can follow Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots. That's B1G Shots Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. Um, take care, guys.